welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. If you have your Bibles, turn with me over to the Gospel of John, and it's going to be chapter 1, verses 1 to 14, and then also verse 18. Powerful word for us today. Let us hear all that it says. It says this, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing has been made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shone in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, testifying concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or human decision or husband's will, but born of God. For the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, has his, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Starting today, I am going to begin our fall sermon series here at the church. And I, uh, the past summer, you know, we've been going through the Psalms together. Well, this fall, I want to look at the Gospel of John. The New Testament begins with four Gospels uh, that tell the story of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Every few years, I like to teach on one of them. I've already done Mark and Luke over the years, but I've never done John. I always wanted to. And so we're going to begin that at it today. And I uh, bought a bunch of pocket-sized Gospel of John's uh, that you can take if you would like, small little ones that can fit in your pocket or purse or take with you off to work and put in your desk or wherever it is in the tractor that you are and put it in your car even, but probably not read while you're driving. But you got it there and you can write in them, you can do whatever as we all study this incredible gospel together over these next few months. Um, in our study I want us to first really hear what it says about Jesus in this gospel, what he did and how he taught and how he saved us. But I also want us each week to dig into this question. How are we called to live out our faith in Christ right where we are? Right in our particular town, in our particular home, in our work, in our school, in our situation, because this is John's message, that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, right where we are. 
God so loved the world, he sent his son. And if we believe in him, we have eternal life, but also we get to know God today like we had never known him before. He will dwell among us. Back then it was in the flesh, right now it is by the Spirit, but it is right where you are. The author of John is John, <laughs> the youngest of the 12 disciples. He was probably only about 16 or 17 years old when he first met Jesus and began to follow him. And so that means that he was probably only about 19 years old when Jesus died on that cross and John went out like the other disciples and began their ministry. He was there at the foot of the cross, we read, and, and things that we know about him, well, we know that he used to be a fisherman. Uh, with his brother James and his father Zebedee. We also know that John was the one that Jesus asked to look to after his mother Mary. And so we assume that he did that. We also know that he was the only one of the original 12 disciples who wasn't killed for his faith. Rather, he, uh, John, was arrested and imprisoned on an island called Patmos, where most likely he died as an older man. John not only wrote this gospel that we're going to study, but also he wrote in the New Testament 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and the book of Revelation, which were all letters sent out to the churches of how we followers of Christ are to live and look forward to his coming again. I was reading 1st John this week as well and was struck by how similar it, it is to what we read here in the first chapter of John, the gospel. It, first John opens with Jesus as the word of God made flesh and the true light that shines in the darkness. Also, it is these powerful images that John often referred to when talking about Jesus. One last thing about John that you will notice as we go through this gospel together is that when referring to himself, John doesn't use his own name but rather he calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. And I think that's very special. It's meant to be a very personal thing that he feels towards Jesus. And I remember that the first song that I learned in church for sure, and maybe just in general, the first song I learned was Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And so I find it so fitting that John, who was the baby of the disciples, you could say, this truth, Jesus loves me. Um, became his new identity. Out of that truth, John lived then, and he let his whole life be about telling other people of God's love. So as we dig in, we want to see right away in this gospel, in the verses we just read, a deep truth right from the beginning. It is clear from the very first chapter of John's gospel that Jesus was not just another good teacher or prophet that the people decided to follow for a while. No, Jesus was much more than that. 
John tells us from the very first verse of the very first chapter that Jesus was different from anybody else who has ever lived. He is the one and only Son of God, the very Word made flesh. The one who from the beginning was with God and was God has now come to be with us. God with us. John says here that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now think about what John is saying here for a moment. John is a Jew. He has read Moses and the Torah his whole life. He'd learned about how long before him, 1,500 years before John, uh, there was a guy named Moses who went up Mount Sinai. And, and God's glory was so powerful that Moses had to be shielded from the glory of God or it would kill him. It was too bright for him. But John now refers to that same glory as revealed to him in Jesus Christ. The glory of God was shining from the Lord in full display. The Word had literally become flesh and was walking among them. And he says, we've seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. He says in verse 18, no one's ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made Him known. When John writes, you have to pause for a minute in your reading and say, what in the world did he just say? Did he just say that Jesus is God? Yes, he did. And that is exactly why him and the other disciples were arrested and killed. He's saying that Jesus is God. And he's also saying that Jesus is in closest relationship with the Father. He says both. So from the very first chapter of John, we are beginning to see the doctrine of the Trinity. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God in three. When reading John, sometimes, again, you just got to take it in. You got to slow down a bit. What is really being said here? What powerful truth? What John is saying is that the Son has always been with the Father from the very beginning, at creation even. He says, through him all things were made. Without him nothing's been made. God's Son has been there the whole time, even at creation, taking a part of creation. He was the word that was spoken, and now that word, that Son of God, has come and taken on flesh that we could see. He's come down from heaven to earth and made his dwelling among us. John is saying this is who Jesus really is. Not just a man born like you and me, but the one and only Son of God, the very Word of God made into flesh. And John is saying, I saw him. I saw God, the glory of the one and only. I saw him. I heard him speak on the hillsides and the towns and the villages and in homes and the authority upon which he spoke. Lives were changed and storms were calmed with a word of his. I saw the miracles. 
I saw the amazing things he did. I saw the empty nets fill with fish at his command. I saw the blind suddenly see and the lepers suddenly heal and the water turn to wine and the 5,000 fed and I watched him take the hand of a little girl and raise her back to life. I was there. I watched him die on a cross and then rise again. I was there. I saw him laid in a tomb and then suddenly he was in my house. I sat at his table. I looked upon the nail marks in his hands and his feet and then I saw him ascend into heaven before my eyes and I felt the Holy Spirit enter into my life on the day of Pentecost. John is saying, this was no man. Jesus is the Son of God. And John is not just passing on what he has heard somebody else say or witness. John is saying, I was there. This is personal to me. He's saying, my life has been forever changed. I was there. Me and my friends, we saw his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. We walked with him for three years. We got to know him. He loved us and we loved him. This was incredible to John, that God would leave the glories of heaven to come to earth and in the person of Christ take on flesh and then take on our sins, that God would love us like this and want to know us and be with us this close, to dwell among us. He entered villages and houses and talked face to face with people who some of them didn't even realize who they were talking to, God himself. No longer in shadow, no longer far away, but looking back at you through the eyes of Jesus. Taking your hand and lifting you up, it was God's hand. John saw it. He felt it. There was no doubt. God was in his home, caring for the poor and the widow and welcoming children, giving a crippled man new legs. They all saw him, and he loved them, and they loved him. And John's message is, and not just me, but you, he came for all of us. He loves us. He loved you like he loved me. He died and rose for you too. And what he did for me, he will do for you. He will work in your life and save you and live in you by the Holy Spirit. You will feel him, know him. If you would just believe in him and receive him as I did, you too can become a child of God and the wonders will never cease. You too can receive eternal life today and walk with God through Christ and experience him in your life, at work, at your heart, and you can hear his voice today and know his love in your home today and the peace that he wants to bring to you today, his purpose in your job and school and neighborhood, living with God every day, right where you are. This is where he came to be, right where you are. So let me go back here and just highlight a few key words from this first chapter of John that you can think about this week. The first one is notice how the gospel of John begins. It begins with the words, in the beginning. Those are the same three words that start the whole Bible. Back in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John opens his gospel the very same way by bringing us back to the first page, in the beginning, 
But he says Jesus was there in the beginning. He is connecting for people that Jesus is God in the very first paragraph, that he is both with God and is God. And John even says that through him all things were made that have been made, and nothing has been made without him. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all men. And so John is being clear right from the story, start, that the story of Jesus begins before anything was created because he is God. Get this, Jesus wasn't just born 2,000 years ago in a stable to Mary and Joseph. He always was. But at Christmas, what we're really celebrating is that Jesus took on flesh. Born to a virgin 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. But the Son of God has always been. He was there at creation helping make everything that we see. And if we think that John may have just been confused in this, listen to what Jesus himself says about this in John 8, 58. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Abraham lived 2200 B.C. And the religious leaders, when Jesus said this, thought that Jesus was crazy, out of his mind. They thought he was blaspheming. He was saying that he was alive before Abraham. He was saying that he was God. Long before Abraham, he lived. So the word became flesh 2,000 years ago, but he was around long before that. He always was. Why? Because he is God. Second, notice the words that John uses here to describe the Lord. He calls him the Word and the Light. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then a few verses later, he says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And so John uses Word and light to describe who Jesus is. Why did he do this? Well, the word logos, which is translated word, it was used in Bible times all the time in Greek and Roman culture. Logos meant the reason behind everything in the universe, the meaning of life. The Greeks knew that there was something else out there in the universe that they couldn't see, that there was a God, but they just didn't know who he was or what he was like or what he wanted. And so they came up with a general name for him, Logos, and the philosophers would use it in debating the existence and beginning of things, where we come from and why we exist. They didn't know. But the word they used was logos, the reason the world is the way it is. Some destiny, some fate, some purpose behind it all. What John is saying to his culture in his day is that the God who you don't know has come and revealed himself to us in Jesus Christ. The reason behind all things, the meaning to life, it's found in him. He is the word, the logos. What you can't put your finger on, what you can't quite understand has been made known in the person of Jesus Christ. John also says that he is the light, and that was a common term back then for knowledge and understanding. What is being said is that a world was lost in darkness, and Jesus came to be the light, to reveal truth, to bring knowledge of God and truth of ourselves and the truth of sin and what life is all about. He would shed light on it all that we might know. In his teachings, Jesus brought to light things 
people didn't understand. He opened their eyes. He opened the scriptures for them. He helped them understand their own prophets and sin and law and what it means and our need for a Savior. He is the light. He revealed the truth of God to us. In fact, Jesus would even say in John 14, 9, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was the light of truth. If you want to know what God is like, just look at Jesus. Colossians 1 says the Son is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know how God thinks, listen to the teachings of Jesus. He's the light, and what has been unknown was made known in Him. What is striking here about that, in my mind, is how John says here that even though the world was made by God, it didn't recognize God when He came. The darkness was so powerful. People's pride and their own ideas about things and sin had blinded them, even when the truth was staring at them face to face. Even God's own people, the Israelites, who had been told by the prophets that the Messiah was coming, and they had the word, they had the Torah, they should have been able to see and recognize him when he came. But John says in verse 11, he came to that which was his own, and his own did not receive him. So here we see John's opening statement. You have the Greeks who know there's someone behind all things in this world but don't know who he is. And you have the Israelites who are the descendants of Abraham, Moses, and David. And they should have known and seen, but even they are lost in the darkness. And so John is saying it was into this world that Jesus entered. He came to his own, born into the land of Israel, born in a Greek and godless society. Who was going to receive him? Who was going to believe in him? Who would recognize God among us. John says he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And then he says this, yet to all who did receive him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You know, I think about this in our world today, in our life. There are so many opinions out there, so many views about why the world is the way it is or how it all began or what the meaning of life is or is there a God. There are so many religions and philosophies and opinions. But what John is saying is that the reason behind all things, the true light that speaks and overcomes the darkness is Jesus, the Word made flesh, who has been there since the beginning, who came to now dwell among us. We have seen Him. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full in grace and truth. No one's ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made Him known. John is saying, how do you know God? Through Jesus. Which leads me to my third point I don't want us to miss, that John repeats himself here. He says, one and only, twice in this opening paragraph. He will say one and only about Jesus a number of times in the gospel. Like John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Or John 14.6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John is presenting Jesus in his gospel as the one and 
only. There's only one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's only, there's no other. All religions, not the same. All descriptions of God and life, not all true. All understandings don't lead to the same place. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the life. He is not just one way to the Father. He is the Father's only way. The cross, our only hope. His Word, our only foundation. That is why we today have to test everything that we hear in the world, world, whether it's in the classroom, on Google, on the news, on TV, like whatever it is, and whatever good books are out there, whatever it is, we got to test it all with what Jesus said. We can't just believe everything because he is the one and only, the revelation and truth of God. He is the light in the darkness. He is the reason and meaning behind all things. He is before all things, and through him all things have been made. And so we can't just take just a little bit of Jesus and, and some verses from the Bible. We can't just take a little bit of this religion and then some of that one and then also some of this philosophy and some of this world's teachings. If we do that, we'll have a mess and we'll have confusion. Jesus is the one and only. If you listen just to him and follow him, then clarity and peace will come and you will know. I often go back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Another good one is Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. We can't just follow our heart. We, we have to follow Jesus and let him shape our heart and guide our heart. Why? Because Jesus is the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He knows. Why? Because he's God. Fourth, this leads to the fourth thing that John uh, says of Jesus here that I didn't want us to miss. It's that he came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And it seems to me that we struggle with the balance of these two words a lot, grace and truth. We can often lean more to one side or the other. It's hard to walk in both grace and truth. Some leans to, lean towards grace too far, and they never speak truth or correct or rebuke someone who's choosing a disobedient or bad path. They're so good at grace and love and kindness, but sometimes the most loving and graceful thing we can do is speak truth even if it's hard to hear. While others can lean so far the other way, towards truth. They are naturally truth tellers. They don't care who they offend or hurt or how it sounds. It's just wrong and they know it and they're going to tell you and you're going to burn in hell if you don't get it right. And, and when you mess up, you feel their condemnation and wrath. They lean so far on the truth side that they need to remember also this amazing grace that saves us and that it was mercy that leads to repentance and how Jesus even loves sinners like us, and how even on the cross he prayed, Father, forgive us, for we do not know what, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. We struggle, I think, in our life to find the path of grace and truth. But again, as we live as parents and spouses and co-workers and neighbors, if we just keep our eyes on Jesus, he will help us find the correct balance and way when someone needs grace, comfort, patience, and gentleness, or when someone needs us to speak the truth in love, he will show us how to walk that line. He is full of grace and truth. 
And then the last words I just wanted to highlight from this first chapter for you to think about this week are found in verse 12. For John tells us what is the most important decision of our whole lifetime. More important than what career you're going to choose or whom you're going to marry or where you're going to live or how you're going to vote. As big as these decisions may be, the most important decision of your life is what will you believe about Jesus? What will you do with him? Verse 12 says, to all who receive him, to all who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Think about what that verse is saying. It's saying that not everybody is a child of God. I wish they were. God wants everyone to believe in him and his son and receive eternal life. He wants no one to perish, but all to come to him. But not everybody does. We all are created by God. We all are loved by God. But we are not all children of God. Why? Because as God's word says here, to become a child of God, we have to be born of God. And as we see here and throughout the Gospel of John, a person is born of God the moment they believe in his son. Jesus is the door to God and to a new life, an eternal life, and a relationship with God as our Father. It begins when you believe in Jesus. This is the most important decision that you will ever make. Do you believe in Jesus? If you do, then you're a child of God, forever and eternally His, and He will be with you every day. You get to live your life with the one and only, His grace and truth alive in you, and you get to have heaven to look forward to. But if you have not yet believed, I would encourage you this fall to follow along in this series in John and to read the words of John yourself, and to get to know the Lord. Really take time in his gospel there and let God speak to you and open up your heart to him in prayer. Come to church and be around other believers. He will show you that he is real. God doesn't wait for heaven. He came to be with you today. Don't wait to be with him. He enters your life immediately when you believe and invite him to come. And he wants to be a part of everything that you are. He isn't just interested in one hour on Sunday. He wants to be a part of your family, career, interests, and struggles. He doesn't want to just, uh, you know, be a part of your heart. He wants your whole heart, your every day. Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone opens the door, I will come in and be with him and him with me. This is right now. This is today. This is tomorrow. God with us. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He entered our life, our home, our school and workplace and neighborhood streets. I still feel that. That our God dwells among us and, and in us and, and is with us when we truly believe in him and invite him. He is close. He is near. He makes his home right where you are. And every day he is right there. He came to do life with us right where we are. Won't you believe in him? Won't you receive him? Truly and completely as he is. He is the one and only son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Have a great Sunday. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all Bethlehem Covenant Church's ministries and events, head to bccwaverly.org.